All righty, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for the second half of Know Your Enemy. Once again, my name is Michael Beck. Uh, he is Jeffrey Benedict. We are hanging out here tonight, uh, breaking down uh, Steelers versus Seahawks. Now, first and foremost, the Steelers got it done against the Denver Broncos last week, and I, I feel like we need to spend a, a minute on that. Uh, impressive performance. Are, are we uh, completely turning around the ship? Because I, I was someone who thought, okay, we're starting to, to try to bail out a, a, a five-alarm leak with a, nothing but a, a sand uh, pail, but it seems like they might have found the, the patch. Uh, are, are we uh, Are we uh, okay? Are we in the clear? Are the Steelers good? Tell me about this win. The offensive line is steadily improving, uh, and that's the big story. Najee Harris has been brilliant. The offensive line is improving. The receivers are who they have been. You know, and in my opinion, Ben, like everyone can look at the stats and see he threw for 10 yards per attempt for the first time since Philadelphia last season. And Philadelphia last season, he got it off of catch and runs from Chase Claypool, right? That was that crazy game by him, not off, you know, throwing the ball downfield. This was much more Ben Roethlisberger throwing the ball downfield and connecting on passes, getting that 10 yards per attempt. Great game by Ben. This is probably going to be an unpopular opinion here because because the opinion before that game was Ben is absolutely trash, and if he threw the ball at the ground, it would probably miss, right? That's where Ben Roethlisberger was. Like, if he threw the ball at the ground, it would get all the way to his knee and then hit and then, like, stop somehow. Like, he can't throw past his own arm. He wasn't that bad, right? He wasn't that hey, bad. 25 and passes. In the game we just saw, he wasn't that good. What I saw in film, and in my opinion, this is just my opinion. You you can hate me for it if you want, or you can say I'm wrong. You know, I can handle it. I think he's the same quarterback. He made the same throws. He was doing the same things. Everything around him worked better. That's the main thing that was going on. The run game was rolling. The defense was pulling up to the run game. Deontay Johnson being back was a big boost to him because that's his that's his dude, right? Uh it was it was just across the board, everything else worked better. And you had the the Matt Canada little plays. See, everyone looks for a, an offense coordinator to design up some amazing play that gains like 70 yards for a touchdown. Matt Canada's brilliant plays are like you get a safe seven yards, right? That you were just on some weird play and you got seven yards on first down and second down and three. Those plays were working, putting the team in good position. And Ben Roethlisberger was doing the same thing he was, but in more favorable situations and it worked better. So for me, this game as the rest of the season, broken record time from, from, from myself, uh, it's all on the offensive line. And really, I mean, we've heard that from them, too. They talked about it. Adrian Clem told them, you know, this team is going to go as far as you carry them. We saw that last week. That offensive line, Chooks Okorafor played the best game he's played since he shut down Miles Garrett. There's a little trend of him. Face someone great, play great. Face someone trashy, <laughs> play trashy. Uh, worse. <laughs> yeah, like, just be absolutely terrible. You know, like my my son, he's nine years old, could probably put five sacks on the Steelers if he was going against Chuck Chuck for. Like that's just kind of how it goes. Just say for you the, play, the elite rush. You put like, Mean Joe Green out there, Chuck for would find a way. He'd find a way. It's Mean Joe. I, uh, there's something. I'll find a way. I don't know. He, he'd shut him down. Uh, so for me, offensive line. This team goes as far as the offensive line carries. 
Yeah, no, that's yeah, a hundred percent. I get it. But one of the big things I want to say also in, in this past week, before we really kind of focus on uh, Sunday's matchup, Ben Roethlisberger being limited to twenty-five attempts, huge. I think it's his lowest total all year. A lot of this is going to have to do with the Steelers taking leads early and not finding themselves in a two-score uh, hole, because that's when honestly I think games will fall apart for the Steelers, like it happened against Green Bay. They got the lead, but then they took their foot off the gas pedal immediately. It felt like. Green Bay storm back, and all of a sudden Ben has to throw over and over and over. And the run game was starting to kind of pick up in that Green Bay game. Mike Tomlin talked about it in the post-game press conference, and he was right. The only difference was the Steelers had to run the ball far less because they're in such a hole. Um, so with this, do you think Najee Harris needs to be successful in order for Ben Roethlisberger to be successful? If Najee's having an off day, will Ben also be off? I, to me, uh, before I let you answer the same question, I feel like the duo has to be on together with Ben at this point in his career. Najee could be great and Ben could stink, but if Najee stinks, I think Ben is also going to stink. I, I don't, I'm trying to understand what a Najee Harris off day would look like. Like <laughs> his, his average was like two yards, like, like, like not enough to run. Him yeah. Three times so basically if down. the offensive line stinks is what you're saying. Honestly. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah. basically what it comes down it's to. It's Najee Harris, man. He's the best player. He's the best player on offense. Yeah. He is. Yeah. There's, there's, I, there's I would I would say right now there are two players better than him on this team, and it's Cameron Hayward and TJ Watt, who are, I should say, playing better than him right now. And that's it. Oh, yeah. That's it. Um, Yeah, if Najee, they've got to get him going. But I'm going to go farther than that. My key to this game is who's the number two runner? Because we're going to need them. Anthony McFarlane, Anthony McFarlane, Anthony McFarlane. <laughs> well, we saw uh, we saw Benny Snell come in late. Five okay. carries, yeah. 20 yards. Yeah. He, he, had, he had like one carry and for one yard, off. and the rest were like four. Like four and then one that was nine. Like, Benny Snell, where'd that come from? But if the offensive line is rolling, Benny Snell could take a series or two. Kalen Bolage, get him in there. He had a couple, he had a couple of good runs, but one horrible the problem is you thing. still have that every once in a while you have one offensive lineman get driven into the backfield. And I've said this before. If it's just one, Najee Harris, Najee Harris is going to find a way. He's still going to get you four yards. You could have – he could hand the ball off, and there's a defender right in his face, like right there. Najee Harris is going to find a way to gain four yards if that's the only guy breaking free. And then we've had some of those, and Kalen Balaj ran into a couple of them, and he's not Najee Harris. Yeah, no, absolutely, totally fair assessment there. Um, getting into this Sunday's matchup, of course, uh, they got Geno Smith, of course, as the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, which, in my opinion, huge win. Russell Wilson can win games, despite what Brett said uh, at the top of the show. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you're a Seahawks fan, you want that guy in your lineup. Uh, Geno Smith, yeah, say what you want about him. Uh, he's a serviceable backup, and there's nothing wrong with that. What are, if the Steelers can pressure him? Because we saw what Geno did in, in the last half of that game last week. He played pretty darn good, especially his connection with DK, which obviously, like Brett said, if you're the quarterback of the team. That's probably who you're going to throw the ball to. He's the freak athlete. He's probably going to make you look good. Um, is pressure the key here? Do they have to get that much heat on Geno Smith? Could they leave more guys in coverage, especially because this offense line isn't great? What what, uh, what would you do from your, your pass rushing perspective? Are you blitzing a lot? You send in four? Uh, what's the idea? Okay, I just I just want to say right now that if we had Mike Hilton and Bud Dupree, I'd say there's just this game's over, right? 
it's done. Because he's not going to stand in the pocket. He's going to get hit. And if he goes out of the pocket, he's going to get run down and hit. This is a different defense, and people are scrambling on us. Since, since It's both of them. Mike Hilton, Bud Dupree are gone. People are able to scramble around and run around on this on this Steelers defense. We don't have that. We don't have Bud Dupree, who basically, you know, most of his sacks were on the quarterbacks desperately trying to get away from TJ Watt, and Bud Dupree runs them down. That's how that's how he got most of his sacks. Uh, he was phenomenal at that. We're not that team anymore. So for me, pocket contain becomes important, but we're not really that team now. Like we're not that we're not that team that focuses on that as much. Uh, but we're gonna have to find a way. We're gonna have to find a way to 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 disrupt his pocket and yet keep him in it. That's the Steelers' secret. That's been our secret to leading the league in sacks. Is we got people in your pocket, but you're also not allowed to leave your pocket. So for me, oh man, it's hard. It's hard because it used to be, yeah, keep Geno Smith in the pocket, make him read your defense, make him go through his progressions, make him be a quarterback, and he's going to struggle. I don't think we saw enough of him in that game to say, you know, he's fully changed. But I saw him go through a few progressions there and make some good throws from the pocket. So for me, ah, man, I want to see pressure up the middle. That's it. Give me pressure up the middle. If we've got any kind of pressure up the middle, I think we're good. Now, speaking of pressure up the middle, and it's really not going to affect this game, but I kind of have an idea in the back of my mind, and I'll be curious your thoughts. Stefan Tuitt, of course, uh, battling a knee injury, uh, going through obviously one of the more traumatic events you could yeah. go in life, uh, having a sudden death from a sibling. Uh, obviously, a very tough time in his life that he's battling back from. Uh, and really, the Steelers are going to give him all the time in the world to get ready. But he has been at the facility, he has been working out. Steelers play the Seahawks this week, they go on the bye, and then they go to Cleveland. Will Stefan Tuitt be coming off that, uh, that injured reserve designated to return after this bye week? Oh man, can you imagine? It's kind of the that perfect would be timing. Huge. It would be. It would be. Also, I'm sorry, if you look at Cleveland, they're beating a lot of teams by less than they should. And they're losing to teams that you're like, okay, that, that would be a good win. Nope, you lost it. And then they're like they beat would they beat Houston by a small amount. Like they're they're not putting anyone away. I would love to see Stefan Tuitt back. I would love to see the Steelers go into Cleveland and beat them. That's what I want to see. You need all your top dogs to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I know this is another topic for yeah. another podcast, oh, yeah. but oh yeah, oh yeah, Nick so, Chubb. Nick Chubb. Like I've said before, the best quarterback in the AFC North is whoever has Nick Chubb running for him, because that's how good Nick Chubb is. Fortunately, is. the Steelers have Najee Harris now, and he can he can give that kind of an impact to Ben Roethlisberger like he did last week. Um, Imagine with the Browns on the line, though. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he'd have yeah. 100 yards every week. Oh, yeah, Najee Harris would be all over the place. Oh, he'd be um, phenomenal. So, speaking of the IR, though, uh, Anthony McFarlane uh, could be a guy that could come back. Zach Banner. I think Zach Banner has to come back this week uh, since he started practicing. Otherwise, I think he's on the IR for the rest of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, do you anticipate seeing both those guys, or could Zach Banner be lost for the season? Man, that's tough. I hope he's back. I hope he's back. I have no clue. I have no clue. I don't. I don't. I don't pretend to know anything about these injuries and what how people are rehabbing. Well, but I hope well, he's back. What would it mean to get him back in the lineup then? Okay. Uh, it'd mean a lot. It would mean a lot. It would mean, to me, it would mean if, if Chukwumo Korofor isn't playing well, you've got someone Tomlin will put in. 
what I hope it wouldn't mean is something where we put Banner in at right tackle and move Chukwuma Korafor over to left tackle and Dan Moore goes on the bench when he has become one of our better offensive linemen. Like, he is growing so much. He's a fantastic run blocker. Like, I would love to see Zach Banner at right tackle with Najee Harris running the ball and the offensive line blocking like it did last week where Dan Moore has become a strength of this run blocking unit. And, and Tevin Dotson's a beast. Trey Turner is really solid. And then you'd have Zach Banner, who was a phenomenal run blocker for the little bit he's played for us. And in the preseason was that guy. You know, he's he's consistently been that guy. Oh, man, I would love to see that happen and just just dominant run blocking. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, oh man, that would really change a whole lot of things for this uh, front. Now, getting into the Steelers uh, receiving uh, unit, Juju Smith-Schuster obviously uh, lost for the year now. How do you anticipate the slack being uh, picked up? I, I wrote an article on this with my opinion over bindthesteelcurtain.com, so you can check that out after you're done listening to this, of course. But uh, where do you see the slack being picked up amongst these wide receivers? And firstly, I think Deontay Johnson's already that guy that Ben loves targeting. I don't think his role's changing at all. I feel like it's going to be the other guys, but I'm curious your thoughts on uh, this this extra di- distribution going out to the the other uh, receivers of the team. Okay, uh, this this I want to say I love Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster is a fantastic receiver. I want to start with that. Um, but I, I think I was consistent on in the offseason. I thought he fit better other other teams better than he fits the Steelers now. I don't think he fit our offense as well anymore. I think he would have absolutely tore it up in Baltimore, and dang, Lamar would could use him. He'd be throwing everything to Juju Smith-Schuster because he would actually catch it. Um, but when Juju Smith-Schuster's out consistently, James Washington, when Juju Smith-Schuster is out, injured and 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 not playing well or or he's injured and he's trying to play but he's splitting time james washington with ben roethlisberger averages like 65 to 70 yards a game more than juju smith schuster has been averaging juju smith schuster since ben came back averages 40 yards a game right james washington actually ups the output from that spot when he replaces juju smith schuster and i think that can continue this time for one key reason And that is Chase Claypool moving to the slot. Chase Claypool in the slot gives you that threat down the seam. He gives you that corner route. He gives you the the slants. The stuff he can do from that position where you can't just – he's not always running those routes down the sideline. James Washington, that's his role. Put him in the Z, outside the slot. Let him run down the field. Let him be that guy that's just like, okay, we have to be physically on him or he's going to – like. You have to be on James Washington. He's not much of a threat if you're on him, but if you're not on him, he's he, he's going to catch it. He's very reliable. Chase Claypool in the slot is going to open up a lot, in my opinion, uh, because he brings a, a real threat to the safeties that you you can't put single cover. You can't have single high safety with Chase Claypool in the slot. I don't know. Like that's just a nightmare there because he's come. He's going to undercut your safety. You're just going to run routes under the safety every single time and pull that safety up and then beat him like that's you're just going to play that game all game and when they put two safeties back the Steelers destroy teams Ben is Ben Rothsburg is at this point in his career is so much better facing uh cover two two deep safeties than he is facing one man I I just 
that's exciting to me. And it's not because I think Juju in any way is a lesser player. It's because I don't think he fits this offense anymore. Uh, as good as he is and as much as I love that guy, like he just, he doesn't fit as well. Yeah, no, I, that's totally understandable as well. But to kind of continue on here, I, I want to chat about a couple of the rookies really fast. Now, we mentioned Najee Harris, uh, of course, last week going for 122 yards on the ground, uh, picked up another 20 through the air. But I want to focus on those ground yards specifically here. Denver has a really good defense. Let's not kid ourselves. He did that against a, a, one of the, I would say, a top eight, top seven defense in football. Seattle's defense, like uh, was mentioned earlier, number 32 in the league. They are bad. Simply put it, they're bad. Do you expect Najee Harris to have more than 122 yards against the Seattle Seahawks on the ground? No. Mm, I'm going to okay. go with no because I That'd think be so I think he's going to get going. So yeah, he's going to get going and they'll be like, oh, he's running well. Why would – let's throw wide receiver screens. Mm. Like the minute – and. It makes sense with Matt Canada. The minute you start saying, okay, we've got to load the box to stop the running back, Matt Canada's like, really? You're going to load the box? You know, tight end over here screen. Wide receiver screen over here. Oh, you spread back out? Now Najee's running it. We're going to see RPOs galore. We are going to see so many RPOs in this game. And hopefully we see some interesting ones. And, I mean, it's crazy uh, how much we got away with it. But we're running that just simple, like, it's a slant outside or Najee Harris going left. Like it's just, it, it's just that over and over again, boom. And they're giving us the slant all game because they're, they're that worried about Najee Harris. Uh, so I hope we see some creative RPOs in this game, get a little more, get a little more, you know, something going on. But I think we're going to see a ton of RPOs. And I think we're going to see loaded boxes and the read it for Ben is going to be throw the ball because the box is loaded. Right, you're gonna you're gonna throw little screens and little things like that because the box is gonna be loaded to stop Najee. Now, the second rookie I want to touch on here, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, you can see the skill um, clearly, his ability to get open, catch the ball, but for whatever reason, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't like throwing tight ends. I like I, I don't get it. It makes you want to pull your hair out. Like the amount of times the kid is running open. Is this ever going to change? Could could he have a, like an offensive outburst here? What the heck is going on? Why isn't he getting the ball more? Okay, so the last two games, our offense has been better, right? You know who our leading tight end in receiving yards is in the last is it, two is games? It Zach Gentry? It is one Zach Gentry with 23 yards in two games. He has two catches for 23 yards, and he leads all tight ends on the Steelers. That is... They should be ashamed about that. They really should. Oh, it hurts your brain. Like, where do tight ends... But, like, if you have Najee Harris, if you have someone that they are, you know, pounding in the box, they're they're really worried about the run. And the teams, I cannot tell you how much they are focusing on Najee Harris. It's ridiculous how much defenses are focusing on stopping Najee Harris because they know he's our number one receiver. We throw the most targets to Najee. He's our number one runner. He is like He's 70% offense. of our offense. He is it, right? Stop Najee, beat the Steelers. In that situation, what do you want? You want a tight end with some speed that can just crush people on play action passes. Ben's actually running play action. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's not happening? Pat getting the ball. He's running open Ever. too. Yeah, like 
He's like always open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, really, in all honesty, the reason Heath Miller isn't a Hall of Fame candidate is because his very good friend, Ben Roethlisberger, rarely threw to him. He threw to everyone else. Heath was like the last, oh, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. I'm running around. Oh, okay. Oh, Heath. Wow. He's been wide open for 13 seconds while I looked everywhere else. You know, that's, that's, that's who Ben Roethlisberger is. It's frustrating. But yeah. The tight end room is actually really good. Zach Gentry is a really good blocking tight end. Uh, bad props to how Matt Canada uses him. I, I was excited to see. We talked about it. I talked about the wingback position ad nauseum. Guess what? It's Zach Gentry. That's who won it. That's who plays that. Actually, I shouldn't say it. He's the inline block. Pat Fryermuth does a lot of it. Zach Gentry's done some of the wingback plays. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I love what they're doing. Uh, that I, tight end room is ridiculous, and they should have... They, they should be used more. It's just it's just bad. I, I genuinely b- believe that Pat Farmuth has talent to be like a top 10 tight end. Easy. At minimum. In the NFL. Even, Absolutely. even this year. Even as a rookie, Absolutely. he has that talent. But if the Steelers aren't going to use him, why the did they not draft Creed Humphrey? Like, honestly. Like, use the freaking guy. He is an unbelievable talent. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah. Uh, do, do you agree with this? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was just trying to think in the AFC second, maybe third best tight end talent wise, straight up. I, in my opinion, I think he Kelsey, should be up who there. hasn't even been great that this year. Yeah, I, I like CJ Azuma. What he's doing with the with the Bengals, yeah. <laughs> he's putting up numbers. Well, yeah. why is this? Why is this undrafted guy getting throws to him? He's not. He's not on Pratt Firemoose level as talent wise. He's not. And, you know what? Honestly, I feel like when when Ben retires. Pat Farmy's numbers are gonna go stupid. Like honestly, like I, if it's next year, he could be a guy like how oh, the Steelers have a twelve hundred yard receiver. Yeah, or Mark in the Andrews. tight end. Yeah, okay, Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Look yeah, at course, what Lamar yeah. does with him. If they get a mobile quarterback after Ben, I mean, we're already look at us. We sound like we sound like the Seattle guys. We're already we already have Ben gone and we're replacing him. Uh, the full circle. But yeah, like you get a mobile quarterback in there, man. Like I I love the setup they have. Offensive line coming together, Najee Harris as the running back. You've got the tight ends. You've got Claypool outside. You've got Deontay Johnson. This team is set up to hold a rookie quarterback's hand. It's not Matt Canada. I I have to load this comment up saying, blame your favorite offensive coordinator. Uh, It's not Matt Canada. It's not he. He's like, if you like seriously watch it from behind angles, when he's running seam routes, it seems like he's open. Down the down the hashes every single time he's on the field. And, honestly, and he's how freaking tall, and he has how many drops in the end zone. He's open, you know. And if he's not open, throw it to him anyways. He's it's he bad. caught that touchdown, that crazy touchdown. What in the preseason? Yeah, two. Of them. The only time Ben Roethlisberger threw to him, he's like, oh, it's the preseason. Doesn't matter. Third, oh, touchdown to Firemuth. What's that? Oh, touchdown to Firemuth. Now he's like, oh, guys, these games count. We only yeah. throw touchdowns to to tight ends. In real Tight games, end. no, you're a blocker who just happens to be eligible <laughs> yeah. to catch a pass. If you throw you throw a touchdown to the tight end, Antonio Brown will leave whatever game he is, fly to Pittsburgh, and throw a tantrum on the sideline. I don't know what will happen, but something bad will clearly happen. Oh. <sighs> now, to continue on with this uh, show, because uh, we should also talk a lot about Sunday's matchup, uh, the Steelers here against the Seahawks. What do you like most uh, matchup-wise in the Steelers' favor? 
Matt Canada versus their defense. <laughs> I just, I know, I know people are teasing us because of like the Matt Canada love fest. And that's, that's me. I am 100% a Matt Canada fanboy. Uh, that's, that's, that was, that was kind of awkward. Um, <laughs> anyways, I love Matt Canada's offense. I love what I'm seeing of it. I love the little wrinkles he's throwing in and the plays he's doing. And man, if you struggle against the run, the one thing I've said about Matt Canada, you watch his college offense. If the if the interior run game is going, his offense is nearly unstoppable. And everyone talks about, oh, he'll go to he'll have a big game and he'll destroy some team, right? And then the next week his offense will completely disappear. It's because the his offense is based on that run game. If you can't run the ball, the offense stinks. And we've seen that this year. We saw that last year. The run game didn't work, and Matt Canada's offense fell apart. We saw this past week what it looks like when that run game starts getting going, even when the quarterback isn't lighting it up, right? He had a good game. Man, there were plays left on the field again this week. This like there were last week. Anyways, not going on to Ben. Uh, if the run game is going and Seattle is, stop, is have struggling to stop it and Seattle's weak against screens, Matt Canada is going to tear the Seahawks apart. Okay. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely a big one uh, that I'm excited for. Pass rush-wise, I feel like T.J. Watt, um, obviously still lingering some injuries from that uh, from that pulled groin uh, from a couple weeks ago. He still seems like he's kind of getting back into it, like slowly but surely. He was he dominated the Bills. He dominated the Raiders for a half of football. Like you could tell, he was burning Evelyn. If this isn't the week, I feel like after the bye week, T.J. Watt gets kind of reclaims that but I, I got a feeling this could be a, a big tj watt week i, I think geno smith is going to have nightmares he's going to have tj watts helmet paint covering his helmet that i, I feel like it's going to be a big tj game what are your thoughts on this i say this especially because the seahawks o-line has struggled and uh, Dwayne brown plays on that left side he's not the guy that's gonna be protecting uh against tj watt yeah they just got their their right tackle back last week i believe but he their starter. He like started the first two games. He missed some. He's the only one that I was looking, trying to look up who the right tackle was. And they've had three people play that position, but I think the starter guys, I can't remember his name now though. Uh, but he wasn't that good last week. So yeah, TJ Watt, TJ Watt could have a huge game. Uh, the reason I say my key, one of my keys there is pressure up the middle on G- Gino Smith is if we can't get pressure up the middle, they're going to focus on TJ. They're going to put people on TJ. They're going to double TJ frequently. They're going to have tight ends chipping him. And then then the tackle sitting there waiting for him. You have to give him some help. You have to give him some help up the middle. And the Steelers the Steelers got kind of desperate last week. I know Dave Schofield has mentioned a couple times our Slack. He's like, hey, you guys want to do a film room on this? Where the Steelers in dime against obvious passing sets would go one defensive tackle, Cam Hayward in the middle, with three edge rushers, with Melvin Ingram rushing inside, because he can do it, and they are getting no push from their other defensive tackles. Um, I'd like to see, personally, Henry Mundo play, uh, because he was putting, you know, garbage in the pocket. Like, I say garbage in the pocket, I mean, he's like, he's falling down. He's being blocked. He's got, there there was a play, they're pushing him to the ground. He's got one arm in, and like slapping at, you know, the quarterback's leg, Teddy Bridgewater's leg, just trying to like be in his space, disrupt his flow. And it worked. The Steelers were better. Like a lot of his, a lot of Bridgewater's downfield throws late in the game 
or when Mondo wasn't on the field. And Mondo would come back on the field, and he's getting a little bit of pressure. Got that beautiful sack off that spin move. He had a uh, the one Teddy Bridgewater kind of threw the ball directly into the ground in front of Cam Hayward. That was on a stunt. Henry, Mando, Henry Mondo ran the stunt for him, took two offensive linemen, drove them into each other. Fantastic stuff. Like the stuff he, – he's our Steelers. Right now he's the second-best second pass rusher from the defensive line. It's Cameron Hayward and him, and then him. Uh, not as good against the run, but, man, if the Steelers get a lead, put him in. Let's see him go. Now, we are at the uh, the top of our hour here, um, and as uh, we like to do to, at the end of every show, we break down uh, what we think the final score of the uh, Sunday's game will be. So, Jeffrey, who's winning, and uh, what's your final score prediction? I haven't even given this any thought. I'm going to go – I'm going to do a weird score because we just talked about that two being a two. thing. Okay. So, I'm going to yeah. go – and I think I think this is this is the game that sets up the game after the bye week being the one everyone is looking at. I think we beat the Seahawks thirty to eleven and put everyone on notice. And butt. then all of a sudden the Steelers are facing the Browns and everyone's like, Ooh, who's that, the better that, team here? Like we don't know. Year, honestly, for the Steelers. Yeah. Winning that game sets you up to go to the playoffs. Losing that game. Like yeah. I hate to put that much pressure on what a week eight game, but like yeah, that's well, kind of well, think about like, the next that's two down games, the road, but still, yeah, the next two games the Steelers could be two and five, you're done, yeah, Yo, yeah, or the Steelers could be four and three, and you are more than alive, you are Seven looking good, spots? you're oh, in, yeah. you're set, you're you're on path to winning the divi- the division. You got a you got a real chance. You yeah, put yourself, you put yourself in position if you if you can win this game, come off the bye and knock off the Browns in Cleveland. What do you think about it? the best Cleveland could be would be four and three. If we beat them after, if we win this game and after the bye, we beat them. They're four and three. That's pretty big. Now, continuing along here with my score prediction, a week ago I said I would not pick the Steelers until the offense could prove uh, me otherwise. Well, guess what? The offense went went out that week and proved me otherwise. So uh, all of a sudden, I'm going from like I'm going to pick against the Steelers for the foreseeable future to oh, guess what? Back on that train, uh, I am picking the Steelers to win. I was also hoping to be the one that was like, oh yeah, Steelers in an emphatic victory. Um, I'm going to pick the Steelers 27, Seattle 14. Uh, Steelers by two scores. Honestly, Sunday night primetime football at home. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think Najee Harris gets in a couple times too. I, I really feel like this is going to be the one where it's like, oh, okay. Offense rookie of the year, Najee Harris. You, you said the main words though. Where's the game? In Pittsburgh. And when is it played? At night, prime time. They typically win those. And like, they yeah. typically struggle against That's the a Seahawks. Mike Tomlin team in prime time. That's Ben Roethlisberger on national television. He's going to have a good game. He's gonna. It's gonna be his Big best Diva game of ben the year. Dials it up online. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now um, we are at the, the end of our show. So, Jeffrey, is there any uh, film rooms or anything uh, that people need to know about? Tell us about uh, your latest uh, cutting room floor. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my podcast. I talked about. Uh, oh, what did I talk about this time? <laughs> I talked about uh, Steelers, probably, and film. I talked about the Steelers. I talked about players who did well that was kind of unexpected. People that were underrated, like James Pierre, after struggling a bit in the game, having two huge de- pass defenses late in the game, including the game-clinching touchdown. Uh, not touchdown, interception to, to thwart a touchdown. Uh, Henry Mondo coming out and playing well. Zach Gentry's 
uh, you know, coming out, leading the team and <laughs> leading the tight end room and receiving. Uh, I talked about all of that. I've got a film room with uh, Dave Schofield. The, the Vertex is coming out. And it is on the inside linebackers, talking about Joe Schobert, who just played his best game as a Steeler. Worth watching. Uh, the guy the guy had a great game. Um, and I had, a, I had a film room a little bit ago this week uh, with covering Matt Canada's uh, usage of Zach Gentry and how he set up uh, one of the best plays I've seen in a while with Zach Gentry's screen. That was a phenomenal play. 13 yards to Zach Gentry was completely orchestrated by our uh, how we run our offense. And I keep running these things because I want people to see Matt Canada's offense because when it works, it's not flashy. It's just someone you don't expect gains 10 yards uh, and, it, and it throws the defense for a loop. With that, I also want to recommend go check out Kevin Smith's article he did this week on – uh, the offensive line play, and which again covers Matt Canada's offense too. It, it's that was phenomenal film room, really, really good stuff. No, oh, excellent. And uh, I want to remind everyone to just click over to behindthesteelcurtain.com as it is. Uh, you'll find everything there from Jeffrey and uh, KT's uh, film rooms. Uh, seriously, there's so much great stuff from breaking news, injury reports, commentary you name it. It's available behind the steel curtain.com. And if you're right now, you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, you're only getting like a quarter, a third of the podcasts that are available from BTSC. So make sure you're clicking over to uh, your Spotify app or Apple podcast, Pandora, Stitcher, wherever you happen to list your podcast to uh, hit that subscribe button, like five star, just do whatever you can to uh, to make sure you're dialed into uh, our content. And on top of that, uh, if you support us, it, it lets us make more great Pittsburgh Steelers content for you. So on behalf of my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in to Know Your Enemy. We'll catch you guys next week. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.